Helping people is great, but here's the rub. It becomes a problem when it's not done in moderation. A people pleaser wants to constantly help out everyone in their life, and when you constantly help out people who might be struggling, they can sometimes become dependent on the people pleaser. Welcome to the Really Personal Podcast, where there's no room for sugarcoating and beating around the bush. I'm your host, Marianne Addis. Things are about to get real, y'all. Though it's a blast having hosts on the Really Personal Podcast, having short and sweet episodes occasionally are always nice for those short commutes to and from work or during an afternoon stroll outside the office, or if you're like me, outside the classroom. I'm also a music teacher, so occasionally I love taking a little break and going for a little stroll outside for like 10 or 15 minutes, and that's when I listen to those very short podcasts, or I break up like the long podcast. So if you're taking a walk, this is perfect for you. The most recent podcast episode on dating red flags, which if you haven't listened to yet, I highly recommend it for all of your dating and relationship needs. After my conversation with Gabby on the previous episode on the really personal podcast, I started to think more about people pleasing because we talked about that in regards to red flags and not so much that it's a red flag in other people, but more reflective of ourselves and how we tend to be caring and focus on other people, which sparked Let me do a people-pleasing episode for all those people-pleasers out there. We don't hear much about it. It has a very negative connotation to it because we know that a lot of us struggle with it. You might think you know what people-pleasing is, but let's examine it closely. It's not just about pleasing another person. It's about perceiving your self-worth based on the reactions of other people towards you. You overdo things because rejection is a traumatic response that arises from your psyche, your inner self. Like all psychological tendencies and needs, pleasing others arise from different causes. For some people, it is the result of overly strict or dismissive parenting because such parenting communicates to children that they are not loved, which is extremely painful for a child. What do children need more than feeling loved by their parents? So if children believe that their parents do not love them, they will do just about anything to gain their parents' approval and validation, which they perceive as a sign of their parents' love for them. To put it plainly, people-pleasers overcompensate the love they didn't receive in childhood from their parents by pouring love into others. However, some people pleasers have loving parents, which brings me to the nature versus nurture debate. The effect of our nature is guiding and developing us versus the effect of our environment, right? So yes, our environment may influence us to be people pleaser, but some people may be born with the need to please people. In the Orient, where they believe in reincarnation, they will say the need to please people has its roots in a person's previous lives. Whatever the cause, we can understand it. First, we must agree that expressing love to others is wonderful. 
Love is the desire to make others happy, to alleviate their suffering, to help them overcome difficulties, and to share affection. However, people-pleasing includes an attachment to praise, appreciation, and gratitude, which causes great despair when our efforts to please are rejected or perceived with indifference. Further, pleasing people becomes a problem when we bestow love on someone who is undeserving or, worse, is manipulative for selfish motives. Now, here are some examples of unhealthy people-pleasing. Over-explaining, over-apologizing, over-serving, over-thinking, over-compensating, over-analyzing, overworking, and over-controlling. It's a lot of overs over here. People-pleasing is even reflected in our relationship with food. For instance, someone binges on food to compensate for the feeling not good enough or unloved. The food symbolizes the validation that they need or the love that they have not received. So when they feed themselves an extreme amount of food, they are symbolically giving themselves an extreme amount of appreciation and love that they feel deprived of. Some people mistakenly perceive their need to please others as guilt. Guilty about not making someone pleased and happy, but in reality, they are measuring their self-value according to the reactions of others towards them. They feel accepted, validated, and loved when they provide something that someone values, something that makes the person express gratitude and appreciation. But if their offering is rejected, or the person to whom they have offered it shows indifference, then they feel diminished, incapable, and unloved. You may have reacted this way in the past, but you don't have to react that way now. First, it's imperative that you understand where these feelings of insecurity come from. And then you can take the second step to reduce the power they have over you. It goes without saying that in order to discuss people-pleasing, We also need to touch on the topic of self-manipulation. When you're afraid to upset other people, you use this fear to justify not being yourself, not telling the truth, and not showing up, which is actually a form of self-manipulation. If you live your life in a way where you avoid upsetting people at all costs and you keep quiet, that's also a form of self-manipulation. If you're afraid of hurting people's feelings or disappointing them, you decide to lie, right? That is another form of manipulation. Lastly, if you hate confrontation so you don't tell the truth about how you're feeling, exactly, that's a form of self-manipulation. And what's the golden rule of self-manipulation? When you manipulate yourself, you're responsible for your own despair. However, if you have the courage to just say how you're feeling or tell people what's true, even when they get upset or they react negatively, you are free of self-condemnation because their reaction is their responsibility. Now, what would this podcast be if I didn't provide a bit of advice to help you use your voice? We all have a voice. We just need to feel empowered to use it. I wish I could say, honestly, that there is an easy and simple fix to being a people pleaser. The reality of the matter is that there is a path you can take, and it starts with realizing that you developed a system of defense that has worked for a long time. 
but it's not serving your best interests. Having compassion with ourselves and prioritizing our needs and wants over other people's is the pathway towards responding and living psychologically healthy. It starts with doing little things to shift that mindset of pleasing others or putting others' needs ahead of your own. And to be honest, initially it's going to feel selfish, but it's really the act of taking care of yourself. If you want to change your behaviors in the way you think you can, it takes some guidance and most of all, patience. Believe me when I express that it is remarkable when you make that change. This piece of advice could be incredibly liberating, especially since I used to be a people pleaser myself. I consider myself incredible at reading emotions and becoming the dependable person that people need so they can feel at peace and be happy. I completely became this way because of my parents who taught me to love others and it made me a great friend, daughter, coworker, girlfriend, and hopefully a wife and a mother. However, as I said earlier, loving others is different from people-pleasing. People-pleasing caused anxiety in my relationships and prevented me from getting my needs met. About a few years ago, after a breakup with a narcissist, I had a huge revelation that being a people-pleaser was not only unbearable, but extremely unhealthy to my mental and emotional well-being. Like with every monumental change in life, I had to learn the hard way. Though the qualities of compassion, sensitivity, calmness, and agreeability are endearing, I was slapped with constantly feeling not good enough. Regardless of my caring actions, thoughtful gifts, and merging my wants with his, he ended the relationship because I was not, quote unquote, fun enough. His words. What I heard was that I was not good enough, and I was instantly ashamed of possessing these feelings. It was his realization after this breakup that no one wants a people pleaser or wants a mirror of themselves. Agreeing to whatever they value is not your value. Whatever their purpose is, is not your purpose. No one wants to be around that. They want to get to know you and want a nice 50-50 dance between the two. There's a beauty in the give and take interaction. After a time of self-reflection, I actively made the decision to work on not being a people pleaser. I worked hard at not always predicting everyone's needs. Here is the behavior change that finally allowed me to start letting go of my constant need to please people. I decided from here on out, whenever possible, I'm only going to be around people that know how to communicate what they want, need, and expect. It is not my job to figure out what people need when I know that everyone around me has absolutely no problem expressing their desires. A people pleaser is someone who tends to be empathic and picks up on the sadnesses, hardships, and troubles of the people in their immediate environment, and they feel obligated to help out, which is a good thing. We should help people. Helping people is great. But here's the rub. It becomes a problem when it's not done in moderation. A people pleaser wants to constantly help out everyone in their life. And when you constantly help out people who might be struggling, they can sometimes become dependent on the people pleaser. Having a bunch of people dependent on you can lead to a major burnt out, which leads to feeling empty inside. 
You simply will exhaust yourself and feel dry within to sort your own worries and problems. Not having anything left to give is a defeatist and consuming feeling. Now, here's an alternative to this narrative. You are not responsible for other people's emotions. One more time, and this time, say it with me. I am not responsible for other people's emotions. I will put this on the blog so you can visually see this for those visual learners. But here are some tips to help if you are a people pleaser. Number one, if you're having a hard time saying no to people, try saying this instead. Let me think about it, or I'll get back to you on this later. This will buy you time to make a decision rather than feeling pressured on the spot. Surprisingly, people will actually respect you for saying this. Most of all, you'll feel so glad you took the time to respond later. Number two, stop apologizing all the time. This will automatically make you seem like a people pleaser, especially if you're apologizing for something that isn't even your fault. When you put the blame on yourself, it automatically takes your power away. Cut out the sorries and it'll make a huge difference. Number three, people really don't care much about what you do. I'm just being honest. It's easy to feel how you're affecting others around you, but everyone has their own pressing personal worries. Let this concept take the pressure off to pleasing others. Otherwise, you'll feel exhausted. Rule of thumb, prioritize yourself first. Lastly, number four, start being decisive, even if it's small. For instance, if a friend asks what restaurant you want to go to, express what you would like. Avoid saying whatever you want. If you're too agreeable, then you'll lose your sense of self. And unfortunately, people will take advantage of it. Your actions do not determine how someone feels about you. You could give someone $999 and yet they can still complain and ask why you didn't give them the entire $1,000. $1. This further demonstrates that everybody has their own mind, their own perception of what is being said. So with that being said, the question is, do you live up to your own ideas because the people that you are for, you are going to be with you, for you, and not the ideas that they have for you in your life. You know, having the courage and the clarity to just be yourself, that's what it means to truly live freely and wonderfully. 